catch it real. Bringing the real talk back <laughs> to the internet, Johnny. Yes. Because it's missing. This is, uh, that was the intro of a man who has seen Toby Mac recently. <laughs> <laughs> you took your daughter, right? I did. Hey, we're going to talk about that. We'll open with this, I suppose. What? Uh, what? Did, Dude, we, used to, we used to leave voicemails for each other uh, back in the day, in the 90s. <laughs> we were trying to get signed as a band ourselves. And so, one time we met Toby Mac at a a show. He was there to see one of his artists uh, at the time, Reliant K, right? Was one of his artists, right? Yeah. On uh, Goatee. Was it Goatee? I can't remember why he was there, but he was at a show where it was Reliant K and Supertones and oh, Switchfoot. Super, OC Supertones. Right. And so they were all there. And so Toby Mac was at the show and we saw him walk around. He's five foot nothing, you know, and we're like, that's Toby Mac. We're freaking out. And so we walk over to him. We hand him our demo, our little CD. And then what did he say? He said, (laughs) he said, man, I'm not going to do his, I'm not going to do the voice. Please do it. Well, I thought you were saving that for what happened next. Yeah, but no, it's, it goes with it. It was just like, yeah, I just want you guys to know I'm going to put my heart into this when I listen to it. He was so kind to us. It was so kind. Yeah, it was like... He didn't act like he was frustrated. Right. He even said, uh, these producers that say, I hate when people hand me their demos all the time, is like, how are you going to find your next great artist? This is how you find them. And so we were like, oh, this guy's going to be great. So we were all excited thinking, like, he's going to listen to this and he's going to be blown away. We're getting a phone call. And that first demo was awful. Yeah. It was horrible. Well, we gave him the second... It was the second record that we gave him, I thought. It was just a little bit less awful. A little bit less awful. A little less. But anyway... uh, Third, the third was good. Third was third. We're proud, I'm still proud of. Him. Yeah. But anyway, so the next day, I get a, a call on my cell phone. No one you saw it was you was your answering machine at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, that's right. I had an answering machine with the whatever the tell tape. <laughs> I wish I'd kept it. He goes, uh, so he's like, boop, yo, yo, this is Toby Mac, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just want you to know, uh, I listen with my heart when I. <laughs> And I don't mean to get up all up in your grill about it, but I, I listen with my heart when I listen to your CD. And then it was like, I'll let you know what I think, yo, uh, peace out or whatever. And then, and it was clearly you. So that became like a tradition of us leaving voicemails. Every time we meet a band. Yeah. We used to have this. Oh, we did Third Day too. We met Third well, Day. And then this. you were like, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something about your CD. Here's a fire. Because he had yeah. a song called Consuming Fire, yeah. and he was yeah. so fire. So he was so he was so butt rocky, you know what I'm saying, with his voice. He had yeah. that 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 nineties her as a he had her. He had her. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we had this like delusion that if we would meet artists right. and let them have like that they're the decision makers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Toby Mac not kinda, just trying to struggle themselves along. Right. Yeah. Toby Mac kind of was a decision maker. He, he was a record. He record. did not like us. No, apparently he put his heart into it and, and he, he listened with his heart. Not, <laughs> his heart said run. Yeah. Toby. And, he, and you know what? Thinking about what we gave him, I don't blame him. Who knows? So, but, but my daughter who's 10, uh, <laughs> she, so, you know, listen, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this, John. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, I was a big DC talk fan. Sure. Who wasn't? You know, back in the day, I do listen to lots of music. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not just, uh, you know. I am kind of a. Christian. Do you think I'm going to like hate on you for like a Toby Mac? Th- I think listeners will. So I think I, there's, I, I think, think that they're wrong. I think Toby Mac's fun. He's a good. He's a good. Toby artist. Mac used to put on the best shows. I mean, they can't. They were on like the Tonight Show everywhere. Like they were yeah. doing things, especially with video and other stuff back before it was kind of a thing. Yeah, they were doing it. And some of the best shows we've been to were DC talk shows. Just very creative, very big, high production. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of transitions in it they're going to come and do an acoustic set and make a living room in the right at the at the end of the catwalk in the middle of the arena that kind of stuff wasn't being done yeah and so um anyway you know toby mac i still think he puts out i, th- I think i think he's prolific good. like he's put out a lot of well records. and one thing he got good at was he realized like it takes a village like you got a like he he got in with bandisa and so he, bandisa just started going on tour with him and like she's yeah. she, so parts in the songs when she sings, she comes out and sings and then she'll open the shows and she's he has this whole bit dancers and everything. It's like he did the same thing with Holland. Uh, it's a real show. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a real, but he came out. I did Life Fest and he was there. He was the headliner of Life Fest. It's a festival in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And uh, 
My wife wanted to meet him so bad, so she went with him. We didn't get to meet him. But uh, I'm not famous enough. Uh, to, she was like, well, you're a comedian on the festival. So I was like, yeah, it doesn't work. He's going to come in and go out, and it's not going to work. But we did meet Family Force 5, so that was fun. Oh, yeah. I love Family Force 5. But um, anyway, Toby comes out, he's, and they're putting the tweets on the screen, you know? Did I tell mm-hmm. you the story? They're putting the tweets on the screen as he comes out. And then they're filtering. I'm sure there's somebody back there be like, nope, nope, that's got a curse word. Nope, whatever. And so one of the tweets they put up was, and he comes out, he's wearing like, red tennis shoes. Yeah. He looks like he's 14 years old. Yeah. He dresses he's, like a 14. He's 50. He's sure. 52 now. Okay. But he was 50 then. It was his 50th birthday week. Wow. They said, man, I hope I look that good when I'm 50. I looked over at Craig and I go, he's 50? Yeah. It's crazy. He's moving around. He's, it's crazy. Dude, he was dancing. So, yeah, good for him. Good for Tope. And he writes good songs. So the new record's called Elements. And yeah. it's, it's a little different uh, in that it's, it's just very honest, you know, about, he's, he's like him with a, um, He's like got a a winter. What do you call those hoods with the fur on it? You know. Kind of oh, like I know what you're talking about. You know? Yeah, I don't know. And he's like all is is like ice in his beard. Like he's literally in the cold. That's not real ice. That's it, totally staged. But whatever. And they opened the show with. I mean, dude, it had to be some. It had to be like two million dollars worth of like effects that mm-hmm. they had at this show. I mean, it was no. So first of all, let me just say for all the haters of Toby Mac. The dude filled up Bridgestone. Yeah. Okay. He filled up Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, which, you know, he's Nashville guy, Franklin guy. Yeah, but, but that doesn't mean hard. anything. Yeah, no. It doesn't mean just, anything. No. Filled it up, and he started, like, on that catwalk stage out in the middle. And mm-hmm. the whole, the whole like, and they had done two or three opening acts out there. But it turns out that whole stage is like a digital screen. Oh, wow. The okay. whole time, which I know It's that. like the Billie Jean video. Very much. So all the squares are lighting up and stuff. It's like all white, like snow, basically, uh-huh. with like lightning and other. Because the whole kind of theme of the records, like weather elements, yeah, and those okay. Kind of things. And they have this vertical shot that's on the screen of him, like doing, and then they have snow coming out of the middle down to where he is. Okay, and you see the snow and just basically this silhouette of him, shadowed, yeah. doing his moves from the top, doing this big opening, dude. It was it was really cool. And then, like, as he fights through the elements, the song has a build. He comes down the catwalk, and the guitar player comes mm-hmm. and meets him like they're fighting. While he's got his guitar and he's playing. Yeah. And so they're, like, punching and hitting. He knocks the guy down. <laughs> Can't you not? It was like this. Right. Because, I mean, they, their band's called Diversity. Yeah. Diversity. And so. Wait, what? I know. Who knew? Um and and the the background vocalist it wasn't and, and I made a couple of realizations. So because my kid, the reason we went, my kid's first concert. Yeah, and I like Toby Mac. I'd listen to that's the whole great record. first concert. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I mean, he was. Oh, she's and she's all about it. Like she watches everything. Yeah. So I love it because she's kind of a musical nerd a little bit too. Like she'll turn to me. Oh, do you think? What do you think is coming next, Daddy? You know. Ooh, and the intro starts before they can ever sing. She'll name the song. You know, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. She's just like mesmerized. And uh, and the band's really good. And they had I don't know who the female vocalist was. It wasn't it, it wasn't Mandisa. He's had Mandisa. Mm-hmm. He's had again Holland. Others. It wasn't. But she stole the show. Like unbelievable. Then he had another guy who was singing as well. And I realized when it, and they had all their choreography, other stuff yeah. that they were doing. But I realized he's just recreated DC Talk again. Yeah. He does it every every time, you know, because he's got three of them. They all kind of have their their lanes that they're in. She's uh-huh. hitting the high notes like K-Max. The other guy's hitting sort of the soulful stuff like yeah. Michael Tate. And he sings a lot now. Yeah. Like, Toby Max sings. Does he rap too still? He does. He's rapping. But he sings a lot more than he used to. Right. So almost every song is him carrying the singing. And he actually, I was impressed. I mean, Sadie looks, this is my 10-year-old, looks at yeah. me and goes, uh, do you think there's? You think that he's uh, lip syncing in this, Daddy, or do you think he, you think he's tracking it, or do you think he's really singing? Like right. she's that, yeah. like she's that involved. And I said, well, I do think there are some backtracks you can tell on some of the on some of the notes, but but he's hitting the big ones, like he's going for it. So I was yeah. really impressed, man. It was a great show. Do you remember when we were? Uh, uh, I can't remember if we were. Is the last record that we did that we were trying to get signed. And we heard about this company. I think they were in Nashville. We were still living in Knoxville at the time. But I think there's this Nashville company that you pay like ten or $20,000 to. And they, you go to some warehouse somewhere. It's like a legend. I, I swear I think I've heard of them since then, though, that people did this. They watch your show, and they are the ones who tell you what to do. 
to have a real show. Wow. This is when you want to play back-to-back with your guitar player and sing into the same mic. This is when you want to come walk out. We'll put a catwalk here. You'll come out. This is when you'll do the acoustic set and you'll whatever. And so they're the guys who tell you how to make a show that looks like you're not you know, doing a high school cost how much money talent show. Uh, from what I heard, it was like 10 grand. And I don't even know how you find these people. It's like, it's like a, because nobody wants to admit they've had that done, but you see all these shows start to look alike. They do have the same elements of, you know, they have the same elements of gimmickry a little bit. Yeah. Of like, okay, well this is the tarp. They'll do an acoustic thing here. All the band's going to leave the stage. It'll just be him and a guitar or whatever. Every band has that kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't know when we all agreed as a culture to do the thing of the band does a song and you know it's not their last song, but then we all agree to let them go off stage. Yeah, but they don't turn the lights up. Yeah, so you can't leave. Well, I turned to Matt. You know, he was there. His his kids were there too, and and I said at the end, I was like, guys, it won't be the end. And here's how you can tell the lights won't be up. Right, like, you can't see to get out. You know. Yeah. But they actually did end it. They brought a bunch of people onto the stage. Yeah. And, and he's like, dance as you leave kind of thing, you know. But Yeah, his, that's cool. His show, his part, because they had like five openers. Yeah. That dude went a solid maybe two and a half hours. Man. Because, and he could have done 50 more songs. When you start, and he did no DC talk. He did nothing from his first or second record. That's how many albums he's put out. And he was doing about a minute and a half of each song. Yeah. You know, they had it where he kind of hit the high parts of uh-huh. it. You know, it's called Deep Hits Tour. But it was so late. It was like 11 and freezing. And, of course, my kid was starting to get sick. And so the, everybody everybody was ready to go but my kid. Yeah. So, but it was their first concert. It was kind of her thing. So yeah. We, so we kind of – we had a, a hard time getting out of there but because uh, we – Yeah, I think – somebody asked me the other day if that's ever happened – like if you ever had to do an encore and it only happened one time and I wasn't ready for it. This, I did some show at a church and I did like an hour and a half. And then the guy goes, y'all have a good time. They go, yeah. They go, y'all want to hear one more from Johnny? And I was, I was backstage, like ready to walk to my merch table. And I, and I could not, I was like, Oh my God. And so I had to like rack my brain to remember what I had not done. Wow. So I had to like find some old joke. Luckily, I had one in the chamber that I could be like, "All right, I'll do this." Wow! Because can you imagine like they they ask for that, and then the crowd cheer, and then you come out, and you're like, "I got," or you do some really lame thing. Now that's what they remember. <laughs> and so the guy was like, "Wasn't that cool?" I got a few of those. If you Wasn't that to... cool? I go, dude, don't ever do that. <laughs> I wasn't mad, but I was like, "Don't do that." What are you doing? Like, I'm not Toby Mac. It's not like I can just. Pull but now it made me think, like, should I do that? Should I do it like in a funny way, as like a trope, like in the show? Be like, hey guys. One thing I love about being a comedian is blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do these things like a rock show has. You know, like, you don't, I don't have to, like, pretend right. to go off stage. Like, when this show ends, it's going to end. <laughs> Unless y'all don't want it to. Do you want me to do a thing? And then I could just offer them the opportunity <laughs> to pretend and then chant my name. Then Did I you come do that back. one show you asked him to chant? I can't remember. I have a feeling that something like that One happened. more joke. I don't know. <laughs> my, be favorite fun, thing, my favorite thing like that that you do that's, like, the aside to the audience kind yeah. of thing is – you get up and you're talking about your products. Oh, yeah. And you'll hold up your T-shirt and you'll hold your DVD or whatever. And you'll be like, you know what, guys? And normally this DVD is $15. Right. And tonight, um, that's how much it that's is. That's what they are tonight. Like, it's a normal. It's a normal night. It's a normal like, night. I, just, I think that's the best. So they laugh as they pay you full price. Yeah. Like It's the perfect. You get everything you want. My favorite was John Brannion. I just showed John Brannion one time, and he's got three DVDs. So one of them, uh, he goes, well, these are normally – $12. Uh, this is one I did about, it's all relationship material. It's called crazy love. It's normally $12, but tonight it's whatever you want to pay. And it'd be on my table. Then I did this one. It's called flyover comedy. It's about living in the Midwest, growing up in the Midwest. And he goes, these are normally $12, but tonight it's whatever you want to pay. And then this one's my latest one. It's a full length. I just recorded it. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it, but he goes, I'm really proud of it. And he goes, uh, normally it's uh, $15. But tonight, it's whatever you want to pay, plus three dollars. <laughs> and I thought that was just so funny. I was going to say tonight, and he did the combined tonight. Yeah, it's forty five dollars. No, I just think it's funny that like whatever you want to pay plus because it's three dollars more than the twelve dollar one. So it's like tonight's whatever you want to pay plus three dollars. Man, so, so establish what you want to pay, and then add three dollars to that, and we'll come to a conclusion. But yeah, wow. I don't know, John. 
Well, I will just say this, and again, I'm, 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 I'm I worry sometimes because you did. We did do the imitation of Toby Mac, but oh not, my I wasn't gosh. trying to mock him. Because I, I love Toby Mac. I liked Toby on the show. <sighs> Toby's not doing your show. Dude, Toby's coming on the show, and then he's gonna something. he's gonna do a book about DC Talk. We're gonna tell the whole. All the stories of the time on the road, Johnny. Can you imagine? He, what if you remembered us? We'd be like, I remember you when you gave me that. I put DVD. my heart into it and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I opened up my heart to listen to it and immediately shut my heart. <laughs> it was like a I dagger. slammed my heart back. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, you know, Johnny, we can't be ashamed of where we were. Well, well people, we be a little bit ashamed. Well, it's weird because I don't have any real fame, but pe- there's people who think that how many they have their own image of what my success is. So I'll even get people like, how do you get? You know, or they want to open for me, uh, or they want to give me their CD, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And that's what people used to do to us, yeah. and we thought they were just being aloof, kind of like, yeah. But it's like, no, people are really struggling. Usually, I mean, you struggle less. There, there, there's a yeah. A, I mean, it's, it's fine, but it's struggle. yeah. I'm definitely not like some decision maker. That can, and it's weird. The industry's changed so much for on all fronts. Anyway, of this idea of like, I've got to get in front of this guy with a suit to check a box that says I get to have a career. Like you can just go find people that like your stuff and then go, you know what I'm saying? I know comedians who are just going like, I'll find a coffee house or whatever venue in their city. And if I can find 300 fans there, I'm going to go sell tickets there. A lot of people are doing that. Well, I had a buddy, I have a buddy that I'm um, helping to write a book with. Hopefully we've written a proposal and put pitch it to the publishers and <clears throat> we got some promising. Yeah. Like we're supposed to hear back in the next couple of weeks. We've actually had a meeting with a publisher next week. We were on the phone yesterday, and he said he was so excited around the meeting, and he should be so excited, you mm-hmm. know. And that's how I felt when it all started. And he goes, "Dude, tell me, come on, man, what's your gut about this? Like, what's going to happen?" And I said, "You know, bro, I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a publishing deal is a huge, difficult thing. Yeah, no matter who you are, if you had five books out already, yeah." Like it's always difficult, especially as you know they just shut down all the Lifeway stores where they're announcing they're going. Oh right, yeah. Like you know the the brick and mortar stores are going out, so now it really is about what you can do online, uh, a lot more, and it's just a big deal. I told my mom this. My mom lives with us, you know now, and we were talking this morning. I said, you know, when I first started, I think I thought I had so much important stuff to say. And when I started writing, I thought, well, who's not going to want to hear this 21-year-old having these amazing perspectives yeah. and ability to articulate it? And right. at 40, God's honest truth, it's not some false humility. I'm, I'm honestly shocked if somebody wants to hear or read something that I have to say because I really do feel like that sense of, yeah, I think they were right to not give me those deals back then. Yeah. And why would they want to now? I know that sounds awful if, if you're my agent or something listening. Please don't. <laughs> Take the deals away. But like this – but it is – there is this sense of it's, it's not – it's not because someone told us we should be humble. Yeah. Like you get rejected. Life about, is humbling. About 350 times. Yeah. And I still get rejected all the time. I got rejected on a children's book the other day. Yeah. You still get re- you get rejected more often than you get accepted. And you begin to realize that it is an honor. And it, it really yeah. takes it takes divine you know, in, <laughs> intervention almost. to. And often in my case, it does take. Actually, let me rephrase. In my case, it always takes divine intervention. There may be some who already have better things to say and they're not. But I know for me if something yeah. good happens, that's where it comes from. Because why else would you listen to anything that I say, Johnny? Mm. Mm. Well, people know that for me too. They're like, how do you know if something's funny? Uh, I think they think once you do this long enough that you have this idea like, oh, and then you go, well, this will kill. And sometimes that's true. And But the honest truth is – even the funniest person you've ever seen, the most famous comedian, they do not know if it's funny until they say it to strangers. Yeah. They don't know 100%. They know if it's funny to them. Yeah. And it's worth saying, but it could tank. I mean, I've seen so many things that I thought, this is this will kill. Yeah. And you just go, oh, it's really felt. maybe i got to reword it. Maybe they don't understand. No, they understood. Yeah. It's just not ready. It's not good. <clears throat> no, I, had, I just had edits round one on a book, and... It really is. Some of the stuff you think is going to – like I'll put, I like to put these one-sentence things between paragraphs. Like if I have a big punch statement, right. I put it alone Yeah, yeah. or even a, a sentence fragment. Like tweet this, fans. Yeah, something like that. Like a <laughs> mic drop. And so <laughs> – It's a bigger font. It's fancier. <laughs> and like on those, either they did what I thought they were going to do yeah. or the editor's like, yeah, I don't get it. And you're like, how could you not – 
but that's what I, you know, and, and I think at this point I'm just not even surprised by that. And even then I take it like, well, that's another viewpoint that helps me shape this if I still feel strongly about it. Like you said, I'll reword, reshape, and try again with the next editor. Or I'll go, he's right. I see it now and take it out. Yeah. You know, so I think it's interesting too, like what we do is so different, but I think both things, both mediums are becoming more polarized. Like used to be you could have an opinion and you would – read an, a different opinion there even used to be like editorials that would say point counterpoint mm-hmm. there'd be two two guys would write a point and a counterpoint on let's say the immigration wall right and you'd read it and go like okay those are both now it's like if you believe differently than me i've got to like make you into a, th- a, a monster right to make myself feel better and like comedy is the same way you used to, i mean there used to be people on tv like archie bunker who was this caricature of a racist mm-hmm. old man and he would, they were kind of using that character to show the ills of racism. He was a charming old guy that didn't know any better. Right. But, and so he kind of – they nudged him towards uh, a softer version by the end of the show. He was a little – you know, he was he learned some. But you're laughing at him. Yeah, you're laughing right. at him. But you couldn't even have a character like that now today because we, we've lost our nuance. Like it's just like, did you hear what he said? And we, we – Get offended, and I, I hate the whole idea that like some people, some people say offensive things, and we should shut them down. Like if it's hate speech or whatever. Sure. So this idea that like we're such wusses now, and blah blah, we gotta. Okay, well, some people needed to be shut down. I don't mean that. Uh, sometimes people rail about PC culture, and what they mean is I don't have the right to be a jerk anymore, and I'm bothered by it. Mm, yeah. I used to monetize it, and now I'm upset that I can't be a jerk. For, you know, just free will. I think that you ought to self censor and, and figure out what you really want to say, and be careful that you don't hurt people. But I do think that some people just decide uh, if I don't agree with 100% of what you're saying. Like Tim has some things in his show. Tim Hawkins has some things in his show that are like, uh, you know, they kind of are conservative talking points. You know, like he'll say he did a show in the UK and they have different words for everything. They've got like instead of uh, instead of getting in a line, it's queuing up. And you, instead of the bathroom, you say the loo. Uh, I said uh, – uh, what do you call it when something's a, a total failure here? And she said, we call it complete rubbish. And he goes, really? We call it Obamacare. And he gets this huge hmm. reaction from his mostly conservative crowds. Now, uh, I don't necessarily love that joke, but whatever. It's fine. But if it gets to the point now where if you are a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, you now have to like be offended at that, even though it's just clearly a right. dumb joke. It's just a silly joke, right? But – Man, it's 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 like we're uh, we are we're very polarized. We're very uh, one way or the other. Well, there's an economy of words. Yeah, there's an there, there, there's something to it, and much like currency, it's changed mm-hmm. in the dollar. I mean, I keep a I rarely ever have a cash on me. Yeah, and so what my kid thinks of as money now is not the same as what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't. She doesn't think of the dollar bills much. She knows, you know, she, we've talked about in the podcast, she has a, a debit card or whatever. Oh, right. The little, uh, what's that called? Green cash? Green light, yeah. Green light. So she's looking as she's going to the rest of her life at a number on an app to know what, what Yeah, it's that ones is. and zeros, man. And the deal is words have done the same thing. They used to, and I think for to some extent, you know, the Archie Bunker type thing, what it can do is if people aren't attuned to the statement yeah. That it makes, then they just pick up the language without yeah. without the lesson. And feel, yeah, they feel empowered. Like, well, finally somebody said it. Right. And so <laughs> you you are dealing with like a la- there's a lack of understanding. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. And so I do think that like because you know we talked about it in the last week, we have to be careful sometimes what what we say because we don't get the opportunity to have the conversation with you for you to understand. It's good to do it here. Yeah. Unlike a song or. Um, or like even a sermon, there are things because we we run through our sermons now with different people, our staff, others, to just say, "Hey, I know I didn't mean anything out of any of this, but what confused you?" Or um, oh, you do it like beforehand, yeah. And they give literally. I wonder all, how many churches do that. Um, I don't know. I know quite a few do. It yeah. was it's been a big big move for us because it eliminates your insecurities. Yeah. Like now, I'm asking for it. And, and even when we do then the dream team, which is our, our mm-hmm. volunteers at eight thirty, we do a service just for those who are serving that day. Most of them are childcare yeah. or excuse me, children's ministry workers. And at the end we say, all right, we're guys, you're our last run today. We mm-hmm. did this for you. What did you think? Now we're asking people, 
what was confusing, what was not, what should we emphasize more, yeah. what part should we remove. And what you're saying is, is I may not have this all down. I, the more conversations about it I can have, yeah. then the more people I will – I'm not, and we're not trying to not offend – but if we're going to offend, we'd rather it be on purpose with the right message. Yeah. We don't want to – I think offending accidentally is always a bad thing. In fact, there's uh, some guys who talk about when you do – of course, I'm an executive pastor now, so occasionally I have to do like performance evaluations. We don't call them that. It means but, you have your own bathroom too, right? Oh, it's right. Oh, it's beautiful. It's plush. Yeah, that's nice. And so they said you know, uh, if you're a healthy organization and you're – bringing somebody in for a six month or a year, talk about their job, where it's going, how it's going, you know, mm-hmm. pros and cons, ups and downs, all those things. There's one rule that should happen. And that is that you should say nothing that surprises them. Meaning it was already a consistent conversation day to day. And so I think that that's a good rule for us. Like if, if I, so now I kind of know before I go in, cause I'm speaking this Sunday, which you're going to be here, right? I'm here. Gosh, it's amazing. Very rarely do these stars align. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm not going to make it. And so going in, you know, I want to know where those things are beforehand. I don't don't want someone to, after the fact, misunderstand something that I said. Like, so that way, and and also, though, you've taught me a lot. You actually are the only one who used to do that for me. You and and John Kerry would pull me aside and say, I, I remember the one you used to always say to me. And John Kerry would just hammer me about it. And so I stopped. It actually changed me. I took the admonishment. He was like, um, he said, um, John, the worst thing you ever say is when you get up there and you say, now look, guys, for a few minutes, I want to put on my teaching hat. Oh, right. And he was like, dude, you're just telling them this is about to be boring. Yeah. And you should not listen because I'm going to talk about And he says, bottom line is... Just say it. And you used to do the same thing. It's like, I'll make all these apologies. Yeah, qualifying statements. Yes, caveats and Guys, before I get into this, I know what you're thinking. Here we go. But I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. Now, before I go here, I want to say I'm a father. And I have a daughter. And, and you just right. – and, and you're like, what does he – get to it. What are and you doing? You're apologizing yeah. so much. You know, yeah. I've, I've done a, I do a lot less. <laughs> but it's hard. It's my nature. My mm-hmm. nature as a Enneagram 6 okay. Okay, is that I hear a committee of people. Right. Inside. I do that too. So I, I'm trying to answer every dissenting viewpoint yeah. of the committee before I bring it into the public. And you just can't do that. Like at some point in time. Yeah, you'll never say anything at some point. Right. Yeah. It's I'm like, the, actually, what was that, uh, Albert, what was the guy's, what's his name? I can't remember the guy's name, but he had the statement of like, uh, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Yeah. That's how you avoid criticism. No, and, and I told my wife that the other day. You know, we say things. <laughs> I want to be found saying things that matter yeah. in, in hopefully in a way that doesn't offend, but offending people is no longer my highest. I mean, that's just people pleasing at some point, like yeah. not offending people being the highest goal is not a good goal. Yeah. It's certainly not a Christ-like goal. In fact, I just, I think about how often he just didn't even engage in the conversation, you know, how offensive it would be to us to bring a woman caught in adultery and Jesus never said it was – It was. he didn't lead with saying it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't – he wasn't like, now look. This is what I do. Now look, everybody. You know we all know that adultery is wrong and that like that's what they at least wanted from him. You have to say it in that accent. Right. Like it, it, when that was a dead-on impression of Jesus in Aramaic. <laughs> so I can do that accent in Aramaic, but I won't I won't bore That was Alabama-maic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like – he just kind of ignored that yeah. that thing that they wanted, like, go ahead and jump in with us on yeah. at least acknowledging that she's wrong. Now, he did say, go and sin no more. Yeah. But at the end, like, he just and, – and that's so offensive. Or the woman, the woman at the well, instead of just leading with, now, look, before I ask you for water, I already know you've had five husbands. You're living with a dude who's not, you know. Like, it's like we have this need mm-hmm. to – Make sure that it, it goes to the conversation about everything. Like I remember you think about somebody who's living a lifestyle or something that you feel yeah. like is, is not agreeable to what you believe by your faith. And so it's almost like can I show them kindness? Can I have a relationship or friendship with them? And for a long time the answer was, well, as long as they know where you stand. Yeah. And it's like you got to constantly at every coffee. Right. I don't condone this. I just want you to know I'm being nice to you because I because yeah. I'm making a choice to do so, okay. not not because it's who I am in Christ. Yeah. And 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 I but see here's the deal. 
and, and I even found myself the day we were talking about some grace thing. And I started to do it again. And I said, now, look, I know that. And I stopped myself. I said, you know what? I'm not making any disclaimers to try to weaken how radical grace is. Yeah. Like you already know them. It's not that they're not true. But by me emphasizing them over and over and over again, eventually the disclaimer becomes the most important thing I'm saying and not like we're de-emphasizing how radical the gospel is. And that like I'm telling you, I know I've said it a hundred times, but Johnny, I'm just going to say it again because I think it's so life-changing to yeah. me. Someone the other day, we were talking and I was kind of just sharing and they said, hey, you know what? Well, listen, we can't take this grace thing too far. Yeah. We don't want people to think they can do anything they want. We can't let them think they can do whatever they want. And it was one of those first times in my life, like I, I looked at them and I'm not being snarky, anything. I said, you know what? I am so glad you said that because perhaps I just shared the gospel in a way similar to the Apostle Paul because what you're worried about is what his opponents are worried about too because they said, whoa, 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 Paul. Are you saying – he was saying that he thought they would say. Are you saying we should just do anything we want, that right. grace may abound? And the answer is obviously no. But I think until until my presentation of what I believe presents that level of a radical reaction that you go, wait a second, what you're saying sounds crazy because it is. Like the real yeah. thing is 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 nonsense, the Bible says, foolishness to those who are not thinking about it in the way that God wants you to see it. It sounds crazy. It's foolishness. And I don't think we're – I don't think we present a very foolish version of what we believe. We – we put all these caveats and disclaimers around it so that it's so safe. Mm-hmm. It's like so safe. And so we're offending for the wrong reasons. We're offending with the disclaimers when the yeah. real thing itself should be the thing that offends. Like, no, let me tell you, man, Jesus, Jesus, you wouldn't understand how he would not have addressed that as his first. He literally took a different path. He took a grace first. First John, excuse me, John one fourteen. The word came from the Father full of grace and truth. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we have beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only is from the Father full of grace and truth. Just so you wouldn't think I didn't quote it properly. Gosh, Johnny. John, you don't even know the it. reference. But I think that order, that order of that matters. Like, yeah. you know, he just didn't come down there and go, no, you're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong. And if you get right, then I might heal you. And it, dude, I'm telling you, he was so Southern. Yeah. It's, it's like Southern this, Palestine. It's a whole other view of Jesus. I, yeah. I can get behind this. Wasn't there a retelling of, I was telling Curry about this because we were talking about the different ways that, that people have presented the gospel over the years and who got it right, who got it wrong. I remember this play that they did, and I saw it on like Axe. Remember the Axe Network? Yeah. So I saw a version of it, and it was a stage play, and I cannot remember the name of it, but it was a retelling of the gospels if Jesus was born in Atlanta. And it was that Jesus was Southern. And when he chose the disciples, there was this cool moment where he it's in the crowd. He goes to the crowd and he goes, you, your name's going to be, you know, Matt. And then this guy stands up and he's got a headset mic on, you know, he was ready for it. But it, it, it looks like he just chose you from the crowd. Just like when he chose the disciples, he puts wow. him on the pats him on the shoulder. And then they end up and he goes, here, you'll play this. And he gives him like a mandolin <laughs> and they end up being like a bluegrass band. Wow. And they and it was such a cool thing. So like in the when the devil tempts him, they go to the tallest building in Atlanta. He says, "I can give you all this if you throw yourself down." And Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had barbecue, which was a once. that was a prob, It was problematic. The barbecue I thought was a little bit too far. <laughs> but no, it was weird. But I don't know. How do you feel about stuff like that? Where they go? Did they do a rock opera called Hero that had like Michael Tate? Yeah, they did. And uh, and then. Uh, who was in it? The Wreck of St. James was Mary Magdalene. So the first thing I ever wrote was was not that, but it was a a expanded version of what the gospel – it fills in the gaps of the things that the, right, the okay. scriptures don't tell us. Yeah. Um, because everybody in there so – the, the point is I'm okay with it as long as you understand – is, well, here again, it goes back to the other things. Why Why can Archie Bunker, why can that, why would that not fly today? There's too many people that wouldn't understand satire, yeah. who wouldn't understand that what we're saying is, is you should be laughing at this and not doing it, who would take it and say, no, 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 I know. Like, that's the that's the danger of, it's, it's a little bit like, okay, well, I'm going to say this, oh my gosh. It's like the message, mm-hmm. okay? 
I think the message, I, I've kind of poo-pooed the message over the years. I don't do that anymore. I think it's actually an extraordinary tool. The only reason I ever kind of poo-pooed it was is people didn't understand it was not a direct translation. Right, as a paraphrase. Yeah. That, that it had a purpose in it. But if you're literally going to go pull out verse 5, post yeah. it over and say everybody, well, you know, the, the wording and the syntax from the original languages are not there. Please, and someone really challenged me the other day. They, they, we were using them. What they? It's funny. I was in one of those sessions where I was uh, speaking, and I always qualify the message. Yeah. And so I was like, guys, I'm a reading now today. This is from the message. So, yeah. and I had that little like two sentence thing. So it's not worth anything. Don't listen. Right. And someone said, why do you keep doing that? And yeah. I was like, well, because I don't want. And, and here's what they said. It was so brilliant. They said, would the worst thing in the world be that someone here, like is so moved by the message that they went home and started reading it, thinking that these things about Jesus, which are all in there that are true, would that be the worst thing in the world that it drew them to God's word and hopefully to other places? And I was like, you know what? You're exactly right. Like, it's not, it's not necessary that I act like a professor every time to help you understand we're at a stage in life where I just need you to hear anything about Jesus. And the message may be a great way to do that. Now I do think then again, it comes down to, because because this is that flip side, and you know Andy Stanley's taking just a ton of heat right. for for this. The flip side is because we have such a a chasm, and again, I'm not. It sounds like I'm being judgmental. We do have an an informational intellectual chasm between people. Right. There are those right now who are reading, you know, research based um, theological some somebody's doctoral thesis right now yeah. and then we have others i mean who literally they get a meme from their U version app and that is it right and like both are okay like there there's not we, we want people to to grow in knowledge and all those things but the the deal is stanley started saying what I'm going to say now stanley started saying like guys you know we kind of in some cases become like bible worshipers yeah and what we fail to realize is and people are are like hammering him for it like Guys, you know, the best Christians who ever lived, the ones that we consider who turned the world upside down for the first 300 years of Christianity didn't have the Bible. Right. Like, again, the letters of Paul and Peter and the apostles were circulating and they had access to the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have a bound Bible. It wasn't all together. They also had other letters that didn't make it into the Bible that were going around. So his point was, is the word of God is Jesus. He is from the beginning, the foundations right. of the world. The whole purpose was to point to him anyway. Right. It's not like summing everything up. That's everything about it because uh, people were yeah. people were able to follow Jesus and to grow in community and to even change the world through the power of Christ yeah. without having that book in their hands. Yeah. So have it, use it for that purpose. But the moment you start using it as a weapon and you're picking out verse 2 of Daniel chapter 7 to base your entire yeah. like theological slant that it, for the purpose, honestly, of separating yourself from mm-hmm. other believers, the word of God would say, don't do that. <laughs> like yeah. Jesus would say that that's not why I came, but you, but it's in the Bible. So you begin to use the Bible as like proof text, almost legalistic evidence or a backing to make a case for a life that the Bible itself prohibits, but you can't see it because you're stuck inside that one yeah. that one verse. And then any of us who would say something like what I just said, you look we, like you hate the Bible. We get accused of hating the Bible yeah. when really it's or you're diminishing its value or whatever. The, the truth is that there's an, there's actually a lack of understanding of, of there's a lack of historical understanding of the context of what it is we're saying because you can't even entertain that thought. You can't entertain a thought that maybe there's some – because whether you like it or not, there were 300 years of early church councils that met on – the scriptures on the canon, and they they were using processes like you know, what, did it have apostolic authority? Meaning, did the person, did Peter actually write it? Because people were 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 writing it under pseudonyms to try to get fame and 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 raise money, and so they had to. Did it have? Was it theologically correct? Was all were all the common churches you know using it at the time? Like it wasn't. Just they got together, said a few prayers like it was years upon years of seeking God's help and using God's wisdom to decide, you know, what that canon was going to be. And then at some point it was closed. Look, you may not that may be boring. People don't want to hear about that. But that is why and how you have the book that you're holding. And it was translated. 
Yes. Yeah. So like the it idea that like, I've got the real deal because I've got a King James version. And it's like we're going to fight over that. It's like man, I think it's a matter of like, are you? Is it changing you? Are you really? Do you really believe? It's like uh, Mark Twain used to say that it's it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. It's like let that let let yourself oh, be bothered great. sometimes, you know. Instead of being like, I got to figure it all out, or I got to find out where I'm right and you're wrong. It's like, man, is any of this really changing you? Are you letting it? You and know? that's the whole entire game for us, where we are as shepherds, you know, and and trying to live this out. Mm-hmm. You can spend all of your time in the outskirts, in the parts that you know. There's a, there's just obscure scriptures. I tell you again, my mom and I had a great conversation. I told her this morning. I was like, there are things in the Bible that. And there are a lot of things not in the Bible that God just didn't want us to know right now. You know, that's when the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, everybody's got their theories. Why were there waters just Mm -hmm. out in the middle of space? You know, or when the disciples, when Jesus is about to ascend into heaven and they're like, Jesus just rose from the dead. Finally, this is the end of this is the end Mm -hmm. of this season. Now he's going to he is the son of God. It's forever proven. And now he's going to make his kingdom on earth. And He's like, nope. See ya. Bye, Felicia. He's flying away into heaven. He said bye, Felicia. He did. It's right there in the the Greek. And so they. Bye, Philippia. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Philippia. And he said, and they said, when are you going to, when are you going to end all things? And he says, it's not for you to know. Yeah. Like, you guys, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to not know. Well, and, and dinos- Google, you know, dinosaurs aren't in the Bible. So that's, so you have people that like oh, literally, yeah. these back, that really. Bohemoth and Leviathan are in right. the Bible. They literally believe, though, that like, so they teach their kids that like the dinosaur bones were planted. It's like, uh, there's a, sec- a secular comic uh, that was on podcast the other day, and he was talking to my buddy Dustin Nickerson has a podcast. Yeah. And so he, you know, he reads comics, and Dustin's a believer, but he's just like, this is a guy I respect his comedy. But the guy was talking, that's an interesting time in culture right now because the left and the right, neither of them believe in science right now. Like, the right doesn't believe in climate change, and the left doesn't believe in gender. <laughs> he just wow. thought that was like such a funny. Yeah. So I think you have the people like that, like that extreme. Person who thinks like I'm going to believe all of the Bible. If it wasn't in the Bible, I'm just going to block it out of my mind. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah. So don't tell me about Tyrannosaurus rexes. They're not real. Yeah. It's like, well, they are real. And if, and if the Bible is your only right, that's get, when it becomes an idol a little bit. I, and when again, it becomes I, your I, only thing. I have to give disclaimers here. You do. I have to. We just talked about this. I know this. Uh, but I mean, you sound by it if clearly, you want to. You can. I just, People are there tweeting this. I, I study the Bible a lot. Like the Bible is absolutely the thing that transforms my life. Not the Bible, God's word found in it. I'm all about it. <laughs> I use tons of scriptures and believe it is God's infallible, inspired word. I, I do completely. Okay. It's God breathed. Absolutely. I'm just saying that, that those pages, however many they are, will not encapsulate everything God's ever breathed. There were things that he has not told us because he's been around from eternity past. Yeah. Like he has no beginning. So we, and he has no ending and he, he just, and he even said, there's things that I don't want you to know yet. It's not for you to know. So I'm just saying the Bible tells us all that we need for life and godliness today, but it's not, but we, I'm telling you, but this we, this is going to be know. something. Oh my gosh. But we gravitate though to creation and I believe in creation, but we gravitate to like, the parts of creation that we can argue about, or we gravitate to... Or the parts of Revelation we can argue about. Correct. Things that are, right. are obviously not all meant to be... I mean, I, I understand. And then people go, well, if, you, if some of it's metaphorical, maybe the whole Bible... It's like, there's an understanding of some books are historical. Some, some books, books are poetic. Are poetic. Yeah. Some books are... are They're literally a, an eyewitness account. Yeah, and you if, you don't, if you don't believe some books are poetic, go home tonight for Valentine's, because it's Valentine's as we record this. <laughs> And try comparing your wife to twin gazelles. Song of Solomon. It's not going to work. Yep. It's not a good. It's not a good pickup line. It call, only works in the Bible. Call her neck an ivory tower. Don't do it. See how that goes. My buddy uh, Gary Thompson's a comedian at Tulsa. He posted a little Instagram video today, and he said, "Here's a, a tip for all the single guys. Uh, if you're just dating, get your girlfriend an avocado with a card that says you're the good kind of fat." <laughs> Oh Again, God. won't work. Don't no. That's not going to work. It sounds very much like something Solomon would have written. It does, doesn't it? Man, Wasn't that a great time? That guy, Johnny Segway. Man, he. 
It, it's so true. And when you have this, this, or I want to drop a big bomb. Oh no! Oh man, you want to drop a big bomb? Okay. Like, technically, Johnny, I know this is hard. I don't know if I can say this. Okay. Like, we're not under the Ten Commandments, right? But Christians. Don't but that know sounds that. like you're saying that Andy's telling like we're unhitched. That's but, unhitched. But no, listen, John. listen. I'm saying they're not abolished. They're fulfilled in Christ. But my commandments are to and, well, okay. Then we say, well, yes, you're right. We have two commandments. Now, there's even interpretations of that. Yeah. Technically, when they asked Jesus, "What are the two greatest commandments of the law and the prophets?" He said, "Well, here are what they are." He was still quoting the Old Testament. He mm-hmm. didn't give new commandments when he said that. He just said, "Look, these two: yeah. love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your strength. Love your neighbors yourself. You do these two things, then you'll do all the other ten oh, and the yeah. other three hundred and sixty or whatever it is. They'll all be covered by this. They're all wrapped up in this." But really, when he turned to his disciples, what he said was, "Is I'm giving you guys who follow me now because he hadn't." He hadn't gone to the cross yet. He's now, yeah. he's now, he, the night of the Last Supper, he said, this cup is a new covenant. Like, I am starting the new thing now because mm-hmm. I'm going to the cross tonight. This is it. It's the beginning. Okay? So this is new. So it's really, really important. He was saying to Jews, which is really difficult, which, how do we know? Because later on, when Peter is still a Jewish guy who's now a Christ follower and that sheet comes out of heaven filled with animals that the Jewish law told him he couldn't eat, God told him, eat it. You're not under that anymore. Yeah, he had to be reminded. Right. If you're not under that law, why are you still under yeah. all the rest? Like the law is good and it was a tutor to show you some of the heart of God, but also mostly to show you that you can't keep it. You're yeah. going to need someone else to keep it for you so that you can be transformed, that your nature can be transformed because your nature will never change by keeping those yeah. laws. So it's to show you the depth of your need. That, I mean, it's all right. This is Romans. My favorite thing is when somebody says, I covet your prayers, like an old school Christian. <laughs> yeah. I thought we weren't supposed to covet, my friend. You just broke the name. How dare prayer. you? But I covet prayers. It's a good. It's okay to covet good things. Well, I covet your car. <laughs> Boom. Is your car not a good thing? <laughs> Give it. I never thought of that. That's great. Okay. That's good. But let me be. I know what you mean. I know yeah, what you mean. And, and again, I'm saying, yes. So are we saying that Jesus is saying it's okay to murder? I mean, we go to such extreme questions. Of course, Jesus. As long right. as they're threatening our oil interests. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, yeah. That's the only way that America will be okay with it. But, Thou shalt not kill unless. Hmm? Well, the point is, obviously, Grace is not saying it's okay to murder. Like right. that, we have to find some. Well, yeah, you're, if you're fulfilling the other, you know, right. the other new covenant things, you're fulfilling that because you're trying to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind your neighbors yep. yourself. Yeah. And I love, by the way, the Old Testament, but it, but it was purpose is to point me to Christ. I love that. But here's going to be the deal. When I, when I read, and this, I get this a lot from people, and I'm sure you do too. When I read something really difficult from the Old Testament that was a law or something for yeah. Jewish people, you know, my first answer, people are like, what do you think about this? And my first answer is, is what I think is, is I'm not an Israelite. Yeah. But this is not required of me. In fact, uh, Andrew has uh, uh, an Orthodox Jewish friend. And he was talking about how in their beliefs, who they were keeping all of those laws, in their beliefs, they, they don't try to convert people mm-hmm. because they don't think that everybody is supposed to be under that. That's for them. Yeah. Like then they know how hard it is. So there's no evangelism. Well, it's not that you can convert. Well, yeah. this particular guy, I don't think I'm not speaking for everybody. Oh my and this gosh. is my interpretation. How dare you? I'm just saying this particular guy was thinking like right. that may not be the only way, you know, that you're going to interact with God, but this is the way that we who are born, because yeah. it's also a nationality, and yeah, it's not just right. a religion. We're born, we're born into this, and you may not want to come do these things. You, you may be able to, to have other. They're not denying that Christ is is a way to God for for them. They're just saying it's not their way to God, you know. And so, don't try to do what we're doing. It's a difficult thing. So you're saying maybe you're born with it, maybe it's Elohim. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Sorry, John. I'm just trying to lighten it. Come on. Okay. Wow. No, I know what you're saying, though. And so I just, I go, and here's what I hate. We don't have enough time. Like, this is this is the whole, oh my gosh, this is this the is whole great. thing. And so I'm just saying, Jesus is real. The gospel works. His plan will be fulfilled with or without my utter 
crazy defense of it. Mm-hmm. The Bible does say to be ready to make a defense for what you believe. But the word defense there is not, ne- is not necessarily talking about from an attack. Yeah. It's talking about be ready to articulate why it is and, and, yeah. who, and, and, and what is the gospel. Paul's gospel never was an articulation of rules first or how it changes, how you should have a behavior change. Read, read his epistles, his letters. He always started with retelling that Jesus has done all the work. Yeah. In fact, we talk about, can you fall from grace? We talk about it all the time. The context of falling from grace in scripture, that expression is by those who thought, who were believers, who began to believe that they could earn grace by their good works. And to the Galatians, especially, he said, have you guys lost your mind? Like, how did you come to faith in Christ? Was it through the good things you did? Yeah. And so when you begin to think the good things you do give you better standing with God instead of what Jesus did when his finished work on the cross, that that's a fall from grace. I'm not saying you lose your salvation, John, I'm making those, those determinations right now. But what he's saying is, is you're not, you're not walking in the only thing that matters because the rest of it may be true, yeah. but it has to be in the right order. So like this, this understanding of Jesus doesn't need me to be the smartest guy or to understand everything. I need, I need to art, be able to articulate what, what matters and what's important and study to show myself approved as I rightly divide these things. But it's not so I could tell you how much I can quote and what verse it's found in. And, yeah, or like the idea of like, well, if I'm saved, how can I be more saved than that guy? Like that's really at the heart of some of this. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's the it's the economy of it. Uh, we want uh, to, to be a little bit better still. We want to achieve. Yeah. And when you say, "Well, this is a, it's a zero sum game. You, you're either in or you're out. It's an, it's not an achievement." You can, make. yeah. But what if I give more? And that's the other thing too. Is old, I mean, you could you could make an argument that tithing is an Old Testament principle. Yeah. But that giving is not. Yeah. You know. Giving is a as a is well. That's a, is what we've about. done here. We don't we don't put tithing anymore in our membership covenant. Yeah, for that reason, the tithing is a good principle. We think yeah. it's fun. It's actually the principle I live by. Is it, you know where I at least start with things, mm-hmm. but it does become a law to you if you're not careful. And the Bible, Jesus did say in the New Testament to the Pharisees, "You should tithe." His point of saying it was, "You guys though are like." exploiting widows and robbing people of their land. So giving is good, but you're missing the whole point of what tithing in the law is about. And yeah. he was speaking to Jewish people. He wasn't speaking to Christians. So he, he you know, there's no, but technically and you all, you're, I think you're the one who always says, you know, technically if you follow after the principles of giving in the new Testament, most likely who cares what the percentage is, but it's going to be a lot more than 10 yeah. when it's all said and done. Well, yeah, you start with the, the presupposition that it's all God's anyway. Then yeah. it changes your – if you really believe that, that you don't deserve this or you're whatever. Yeah. Like I think about my circumstances all the time. I think, man, what, I could be – imagine where I could be and you just start thinking about, man, it's, it's crazy. So I, I'm super grateful for everything I've been given. But, yeah, I don't – if you put a percentage to it, then you're like, all right, check the box. It's like yep. it's like another thing. It becomes another idol or another thing. Well, it goes, in, it goes into that daily – I don't want to have to be in daily – need and the whole scripture, the daily bread idea, manna from heaven was daily. Everything is daily. Mm. Uh, the outer man's perishing, the inner man's being renewed day by day. Like there's such a, there's such a vulnerability to that, to think that can I, can I just be done? And we're supposed to rest already forever in what Jesus has done. But the way that we live is abiding is one would say remaining in Christ. John 15, like I, I I, apart from him, it doesn't say apart from him, you are nothing. Mm-hmm. He's already established your value when he created you. Yeah. And you're important to him or he wouldn't come. I find myself, I used to pray that, Lord, without you, I'm nothing. I won't pray that anymore. I don't think that that actually honors God. God made God made us, he made us good. He made us something. Yeah. What What the scripture says is, is without you, I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's this difference. I'm, my value is established in Christ, but what I'm going to do today what I'm going to accomplish or not accomplish or how I'm going to go about it, whether my confidence is – whether I'm going to strive instead of just be a good steward, all those things. That's really the, the question of it. And so with tithing or, or with those, those stewardship things, yeah, when you begin to believe it's God's uh, and you have this management of it, like I get to manage and make some decisions today, but it really is all his. How would he want it done? 
well, God's word helps reveal that to me. God's people help reveal that to me. And I have wisdom to seek it out. And sometimes I'll feel really divinely led in a certain way. But for the, for the most part, I believe he wants me to learn godly wisdom and, and learn how to be generous and a good yeah. steward. And so when you come down to that, you separate it from your value. Because mm-hmm. I know people, if they don't tithe, they don't expect God's blessings. And that lets us know that we don't really understand God's blessings. Because are you breathing? Yeah. You know, like the Bible says that in him we have – we live and move and have our being. Like there's no – like he's actively sustaining all things. And so that's why we're so surprised by negative things. We're so full of the grace of God. That's why it said the glory of the Lord fills the earth, that his goodness fills the earth. Even in a wicked fallen world, his goodness still fills it. It's so abundant around us and what we do that we're just shocked whenever yeah. something happens, you know, that, that's different from that. And so I think there are principles of sowing and reaping that come along with that. But those happen whether you're a Christian or not. If you're, if you're, if you're bad management with, of your money, you go to, you're going to go to the paycheck, you know, the payday loan guy, and you're going to get a 35% loan. You're going to do that 16 times in a row. You're sowing a bad habit and a bad principle and practice yeah. that's eventually going to reap for you a whole lot of debt and a whole lot of bad things. I mean, like, that's not God punishing you. Like right. he, he, his principles are to lead you to understand that they work in or inside or outside. It's always true. So, um, yeah, that's good. I don't know, Johnny. Would well, we solve the problems well, today? Of all the we, world? Had a, we had a lot of stuff today. Man, I'm sorry, listeners. We tried. Yeah. We uh, we didn't. We don't have any questions from the. Well, we have- I will say this from our uh, the what's his name cartoonist Aaron on Twitter. Yeah. So he put out a really interesting thing. Oh, that's right. He responded to. Yeah, and I'm really loving it. He actually took my picture and put mm-hmm. an Abraham Lincoln tattoo on my neck. Yeah. And it, dude, you want me to tell something? It felt right. It looked amazing. He's t- it makes me want to hire him to do work for me because he has a good... Yeah, yeah. It looked real. And I wanted to know, like, number one, how did he know right. that that's what I would get? Well, you talk about Lincoln a lot. Do I? Yeah. Are you sure? You do. American history, you talk about... You talk about some show. I think one episode you talk about some show about Lincoln after the. I don't know what it was. Yeah, that yeah. was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love history so much. I know, but that's what's well, a neck tattoo though. So it's interesting. You put Lincoln on there. It's supposed to be so distinguished, but now you can't get a job anywhere because you have right. a neck tattoo. Right. I Does go the to opposite. get a job at the Smithsonian to work in the Lincoln. You love exhibit, Lincoln that much. And they're like, I'm sorry, sir. You know the most, but the tattoo of Lincoln, like, bro, that's like inception. There's a lot of layers there. I'd like to thank Aaron, though, for that, though. That was, was awesome. Nice. And, uh, and I felt like he, he hit the, the nail on the head, if you will, or on the neck. Whatever. So. Whatever time you wasted on that, it was worth it. <laughs> you could have been drawing a cartoon that would perhaps make you some money, but you did that, and it means a lot to us. Yeah. Thanks for just send your questions. Keep sending questions, guys. We love it. Yeah. Well, it's like I put in my endorsement book about my bio. It's like now for the uh, the the round the clock work that John selflessly yeah. or selfishly pursues to the detriment of his family and a real income. Yeah. Many more people can learn about endorsement ship. So, you know, there's a time to waste time, Johnny. There is this a is time. What it to, says in Ecclesiastes. Is it? That's, that's the message version. <laughs> there's a time to waste time. There's a time to make time. Mm. It's a lot of country southern guy today. A lot of yeah. Kentucky guy. Has my Kentucky guy morphed? Because I feel like he's a little different. Yeah. You don't yeah. even care. That's from Ecclesiastes. That's a different book. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Ecclesiastes. That's funny. Well. You're doing a lot of word plays today. No, I just. A lot of word plays. You usually get on to me for that. Like, word plays is the lowest form of comedy. I've never said that. I can't believe you said it. I've never said that. I, th- well. I think that that was Rick that said I don't, that he, Yeah, class. I said a pun is the lowest form. Oh, I think a pun is right above a wordplay, isn't it? No, well, word, right some below. people think wordplay is the same, but I think it's different. Wordplay is different to me. But right. I don't know. I'm don't trying to make a wordplay on the word wordplay right now. <sighs> don't do it. Something no. about pudding. Yeah, something about pudding. Um, well, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. We had a lovely lunch at IHOP. We did. Today. Um, I <laughs> took my little girl out last night. That's nice. You're going out with your wife tonight? Yeah. We're going to stay in. We're going to cook dinner. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Because you can't get it. Restaurants are a nightmare, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, That's what you tell yourself when you don't want to. Right. Keep a reservation. When you should have made a reservation, reservation two weeks ago because you cared <laughs> about your wife. Right. No, well, I, have a gr- I have a great excuse. Sadie has volleyball practice. So we're mm. going to drop her and then uh, uh, we're going to go get some coffee. 
sit and gaze into, the, gaze into each other's eyes. Oh, that sounds and, nice. Uh, yeah. So, okay. hey, you know, listen, we do appreciate you guys always. We'd love to see more things posted on social media that involve our pictures and uh, artwork. Yeah, please. Uh, let's uh, see who else can waste their time for the sake of talk about that. I think it'd be, uh, it'd be worth your while to waste your time. Words I never thought I'd say. Mm, do it. Be sure to go follow Johnny at at Johnny underscore W. Yeah. And, uh, I'm at John underscore driver. We put the underscores in there because we're brothers, like social media brothers. Yeah. Like we're, we started that movement years ago uh, and lots of people I followed suit. I so, really have. Yeah. And uh, you can obviously share, leave us a review. Uh, I'd love for you to go leave a review at um, about the Avid Endorsement book. Oh, yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah. And my special on Amazon Prime. You should, please you can watch do that it. for free for a Prime member. Watch it and go leave a review. Then more people find it. Yeah. And see it and uh, enjoy it. But we're not just saying that. Like, we really need it. No, like, I need it. I don't. We need the help. Um, yeah. Our careers are cut and badly bleeding. So, yeah. so, anyway, on that note, hey, go and check it out. But uh, do send us more questions and we'll continue to talk about all the things that you want to talk about here on. Talk about that. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.